0: Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. But come on, put our hands together for Mark as he comes to speak. Thank you. When I go to speak in any church, I regret every silly sticker on my laptop, Um, but here we are. I almost wasn't here um, today. Went through a terrible loss this morning. Um, I have two goldfish. One's called Pep, one's called Goldie. and I have one goldfish. One's called Pep. Goldie passed away some point between last night and this morning. Um, I was then watching Peppa Pig uh, with my two year old, not my own, with my two year old Sadie, and her goldfish, also called Goldie, was going on a trip to the aquarium. And I was going, please don't ask me, can we go and see Goldie, Sadie? Because she's not yet aware that um, Goldie is dead. And she won't be, because I'm going to Jollies tomorrow um, <laughs> to get another one. But um, yeah, it's good to be here. If I'm struggling, that's why. Um, I mean, I only had him for about three months. Um, do you know goldfish can breathe, right? Well, can, can go three months without breathing. So there's, there's a great chance that my water was never fit for this goldfish. And he's just reached his three month point where he's going, I have to breathe. <gasps> I thought he was lying down. Um, Anyway, thank you so much for um, having me here today. I uh, was going through a tough time. Hopefully, you'll be here and comfort me. Um, I am getting to be the, the first preach of December at R8, um, which is really exciting. I'm a big Christmas person. Okay, um, I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas songs. I love Christmas carol services. It's great to see that you're going to have uh, yours on twice. Um, I help lead a church called Cara in Caravan, and only whenever like you were going great into detail, I was like, we even planned ours. I've just told people it's on the 17th. Um, I love Christmas food and I love lots and lots of chocolate. I love a reason to eat chocolate all day long. Um, I work for Aspire, we work with 350 young people. Um, we work in 25 schools across Lurgan, Portadown, Craigavon and then we work in schools in Belfast and Banbridge. and the exact numbers I can't remember. Um, But uh, in our work at the minute, we have a big box of celebrations on the table. We just eat them all day long. You can do that now. It's December. Um, And if anyone judges you, shame on them. But who in here has an advent calendar? Can I get a show of hands? Some people have an advent calendar. Okay. Yeah. We're on day three. Um, Who has already ate today's chocolate? Some, just a couple of us, okay. I thought I felt a bit of a louder, a louder singing, a bit more rowdiness. In I was wrong. Um, but if you are buzzing off that Calvary's hit this morning, happy Christmas. Um, and with it being December the 3rd, with me buzzing off my um, Advent calendar chocolate, I wanted to bring a little bit of Christmas. today. I wanted to think a little bit um, about the incarnation of Jesus, about the moment when God becomes flesh um, and moves into the neighbourhood. I think that's the the title I've given today, when Jesus moved into the neighbourhood. I wanted to think about the incarnation, when God became one of us, when God lived among us, when Jesus was born, and we remember this at Christmas, this man who was fully man, yet fully um, fully God, somebody was fully divine, yet fully human, that lived and breathed in the same earth um, as us. And I know I'm building myself up to be as Christmasy as Santa Claus. But we're actually going to read from the Gospel of John, one of the Gospels that doesn't have the Christmas story in it. Um, but, um, so if I feel like I've cheated you. We can maybe sing Jingle Bells after. But um, the opening of John tells about the incarnation in poetry rather than um, fact. If you're reading in um, Luke or Matthew, they tell the story in, in facts of you know, the, um, the shepherds and the wise men. But John does this beautiful poem to explain the incarnation, to tell the story of God putting on flesh. And being born and coming to live among us—it's really interesting. So it's, we're going to read John um, chapter one, verse one to fourteen. If you have a Bible, cool. Um, pull that out. If you have it on your phone, great. If you don't, because you deleted it to get the new iOS, just Google um, John one, one to fourteen, and it will come up. Um, so the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was light of all mankind, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. This is the main verse we're going to look at today. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came to the father, full of grace and truth. Wow. So this is this poetry about how... Jesus was there in the beginning. He's always been there. The divine Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we know as the Trinity have always been there. They were there when everything was created. Jesus was present in the creation of all things. When God spoke the world into being, Jesus was there. When God breathed breath into mankind, Jesus was there. Throughout the whole of the Old Testament story that are told by prophets and historians and um, poets, these stories of, of God interacting with the world, of God making promises, with the world of God making a promise people of God moving among his people Jesus was there he was watching he was active he was taking part does this make sense Jesus has always been there he didn't arrive at Christmas as a brand new idea Jesus was always there before history before time Jesus was there and he was with God that's what this poem says and um, then he, uh, he had a cousin and his name was John and he was born um, around the same time as Jesus and he told everyone to repent okay um, so this is just before uh, they talk about Jesus they talk about John and John told everyone to repent right I was brought up here in, uh, in Northern Ireland, so repent, I was always told, meant just be really sorry, it's really bad about yourself, okay, but the word repent means to turn around, okay, it doesn't just mean to go, no, oh, I'm really awful, it means to go, this is awful, I'm going to turn around and go another way, so John came and he told people, you need to turn around, you need to go a different way and you need to be baptized, and then Jesus, this same Jesus that was always there, okay, this divine being that was always there became flesh, he was born in a manger. You know the drill. He made his dwelling among us. The message translation puts it like this. He moved into the neighborhood. I love that. Jesus, right? The Christmas story, we can, it can just become a cartoon and a card. It can just become a nativity scene. It can become a school play. But Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Jesus came and moved into the world with us. He became one of us for us. And everything he said, Everything he did, everything he asked us to do was from God, okay? If you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. That's what this is saying at the end of the passage. You want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. Um, If you want to know what God would do, look at Jesus. How would God live? Look at Jesus. Who would God spend time with? Look at the life of Jesus. Are you with me so far, yeah? Our first point today is this, the word became flesh, Right, you know this story, we all know this story, but somehow we lose the wonder of it. You, like We love the magic of Christmas, but somehow we lose the wonder of it. It is amazing, because like, every year I'm mesmerized by the same Christmas films. Like How does Home Alone hit me every year, but sometimes the Jesus story doesn't hit every year? I'm just like, oh yeah, he was born in a manger, and uh, there were shepherds and angels. But God himself, the divine, the one who made all things, became one of us and turned up in human form. And this is what Christmas is all about his arrival, the start of his ministry. And yeah, it just turns into a kid's story or a picture on a Christmas card, but he turned up in the flesh and it was amazing. But for me, it's also amazing where he turned up and who he turned up to. Okay. The word became flesh. God arrived on the scene. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He turned up as a displaced person in a barn. Okay. He had to move to Egypt and leave his home country. Jesus wasn't from Egypt. Jesus had to move to Egypt because if he didn't move to Egypt, he was going to get killed. We can forget this again and go, this is just part of the story. Jesus became a displaced person. And even before Jesus appeared, who did the angels show up to? The shepherds, right? Shepherds are poor people, lowly people, peasant people. Again, they can just become characters in a story dust with a a crook and some sheep. But this is amazing. Jesus is turning up and choosing to arrive. God is choosing to become a displaced person. The first people that God is turning up to tell the good news to are poor people, okay? Um, This is good. He was born into a persecuted people group as a Jewish boy, and he lived under an oppressive rule of an oppressive government under the Roman Empire. Not only did the Word become flesh, right? Not only did God become one of us, but the Word became flesh among the poor and the low the word become flesh among the forgotten and the left behind. Isn't that amazing? Like that is Christmas. God turns up. Like uh, we know the story. I was I helped our kids club at Thursday night at our church and I was telling the story, like you know the story of the, the, um, the wise men are looking for the new king. So they go to the palace. Like it just makes sense. But yet he's not there. He is among the low. He is among the least of these. He is with the people who feel left behind and forgotten. And this idea of the word turning up among the left behind, the broken, the forgotten continues on in Jesus' ministry. When Jesus actually starts the Sermon on the Mount, the first thing he says is, blessed are the poor in spirit. And that translates as, blessed is best translated as God is for you, God is on your side. And the poor in spirit means, take a look around. Who do you think in this room Is the least likely to be blessed. That's what pure and spirit means. Who? God is with, God is for the person that you think is the least likely to be blessed. Blessed are those who don't look likely to be blessed. Blessed are the left out, the dropouts, the losers, and the left behind. For God is for them, God is with them, God is on their side. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hopefully, Christmas is starting to mean more to you right now. Because do you ever feel like one of the least? I know from, I'm about to step and do something. I know um, even from our, uh, our prayer points, some people are struggling right now with jobs. Some people are struggling right now with finances. I know from our prayer points, some people are struggling right now with a, a bad diagnosis. And you can go from church to church, place to place, and all our struggles are, are the same sort of stuff, aren't they? We're all struggling with these same sort of things. And in the middle of your struggle, wherever you are right now financially, wherever you are in your health, your mental health, wherever you are, feeling, comparing yourself to the person beside you right now, the divine spirit turns up and says, I'm with you and I'm on your side. And this is the Christmas story. God wants to become one with you. God is turning up with you right now. The Holy Spirit is turning up right now in this room. God is present right now with you. He says, I'm for you. I'm on your side And becoming flesh and moving into the neighborhood. It's amazing. So wherever you are in your struggles this morning, may the Christmas message bring good news. God became flesh and turned up for people just like you. He wasn't in the palace. He was in the barn. The word became flesh. The second point I want to look at is the word is becoming flesh. Okay, um, I was at a 24-7 prayer gathering one time, and Pete Gregg, who um, is the founder of 24-7 Prayer, was talking about that, you know the story when Jesus was going to ascend to heaven, um, and he was telling the disciples, don't worry, something better coming. I'd be absolutely raging, would you not? You left your good job. You followed this boy for three years. You've already went through the high and low of the crucifixion and resurrection, and you go, at least that's the end of it now. And now he goes, here, I'm off, by the way. you have be going, What? Where are you going? And he goes, "Somebody's better's coming." Oh, somebody better than God's own son, than God in the flesh. What could possibly be better? Um, and then, obviously, uh, Jesus ascends into heaven. The Holy Spirit falls on Pentecost. The believers are filled with the Spirit, and the answer came. And Pete Greg put it like this: What's better than God in the flesh? God in all flesh, yeah. Because at that point, not only did the divine move into the neighborhood, but the divine moved into the neighbors, right? He comes and lives in us. The divine turns up in us. God wants to make his home and his dwelling in us. He's not just appearing and teaching in the temple. We become temples of the Holy Spirit. This is the Christmas message that we need to hear, and this is the Christmas message that Portadown needs to hear, that Kirk needs to hear, and even those legends in Lurgan. Um, <laughs> This is why Jesus was born at Christmas time. He came to live among us, right? But Jesus came to show us how we were meant to live, right? Now, Jesus didn't come. This is like a thing of mine. I really hold on to. I mention this nearly every time I preach. Jesus didn't come to show us how to live as Christians. Jesus came to show us how to live as humans, right? He didn't just come to set up a religion and go, this is how you're going to live. You're going to follow my cool religion. He came and said, I made you. I know how you're meant to live. I'm making my dwelling among humanity to say this is how humans were meant to live, right? It's not just a club, not just a religion. It's not just like a denominational thing. He's saying, this is the divine way to live. This is the way you were created to live. And he came and he's shown us how to do that. He came us, he came, he came us. It's like a mixture of Seamus and came. Um, He wasn't here to set up a religion. He was here to redeem and to restore all humanity, to show us how to forgive, to show us how to love even our enemies to show us how to include people that have been left out and left behind and then he died, defeated the enemy defeated death and in his resurrection we now live through the power um, of his resurrection and love um, and we can become temples of the Holy Spirit God is living in us right? if that felt a lot or you're nodding off because the effects of the Advent calendar is wearing off God became flesh in Jesus and God is becoming flesh in us Okay, still with me? Good, we are asked and tasked now to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? This Christmas, the word is becoming flesh through orate. I know you do this well. I know you do this well. God is becoming flesh. The divine is turning up in human hands through orate compassion. And I know because um, I head up a spire um, and I got a text a while back from Caitlin asking, do any of your parents need help this Christmas? And I sent a message out, to a load of parents, say there's a church called Ariat, and they're willing to help, and they don't need to like, meet you for an interview, and they're not going to probe and, and like, push and make you go through all the traumas you've already been through. They're here to help, and the parents were so thankful, because some kids this Christmas are going to get toys who weren't going to get Christmas. For some kids, this Christmas it's going to feel a little bit more magical than if Ariat hadn't been in their life. And that means Christmas isn't going to be ruined for them. They're not going to feel left out, left behind compared to their classmates. They're going to feel loved and included because the Word's become flesh, turned up in R8, running a compassion project that's going to help people. And I know there's going to be kids whose lives are going to be changed. They may not call it this, but you know what's happening? The Word's become flesh and turning up and handing over a toy to a parent. How amazing is that? R8 compassion, the Word is becoming flesh through Caitlin and the team. I don't know a lot about ARIAT, but I was also here at ARIAT Youth um, just over a month ago and I know that the word is becoming flesh here on a a Friday night. Um, God turned up in the flesh that night. And if you don't take part, or you've never been, or you've never asked um, about what happens on a Friday night here, honestly, it was amazing. I was blown away, first of all, by the sheer amount of kids that were here, the amount of young people that were sitting here, um, and um, they were just turning up on bikes. They were just arriving. Some of them maybe came from families that go here. I know a lot did not go here. though Their families were not um, Christian. They hadn't been brought up that way. I don't also know why they were showing up. Maybe they were showing up for a game. We played a really good one. Maybe they were showing up for a bit of crack. We had lots of that. But I can tell you what they got when they showed up. They got the divine and the flesh as their leaders had said yes to God, yes to being God's hands and feet. And they got people that looked at them, that cared for them, that are praying for them, that were sharing the good news of Jesus with them, that want the best for them, that want to see them thrive, not only as Christians, but as humans. Yeah, that's what they got on a Friday night here. That's what's going on right now, next door with kids here as well. Um, that's what goes on here um, all the time. The first Christmas was amazing, right? I love it. I want to be blown away by it. Let's be blown away by it because God became flesh. But this Christmas in Portadown, it's amazing because the word is turning up. And through you guys in R8, joining in, obviously, with loads of other churches and people. God is turning up once again in the strains, the lonely and the lowly and the hurting places to the people who need him to turn up. Our equivalent of shepherds and peasants and whatever there was in the, in the New, New Testament, he's turning up to lonely people, broken people. And he's going, I'm for you, I'm on your side. I love you, I haven't forgot you, I haven't forgot you. It's amazing, this Christmas at Orient, this is happening. The word became flesh and the word is becoming flesh. Okay, so uh, what I want you to think about right now is, yeah, this is good news, right? The word became flesh, the divine turned up at Christmas time. Yeah, it's good news at R8, the church is doing great things. But what about you? Like, what about you individually? This isn't like a shame thing. It's not what I'm about. This is an invitational thing. Because there's, I reckon, for most people, as we begin to think about the Word becoming flesh, as we begin to think about the Divine turning up, there's a bit of excitement inside you. You go, yeah, sounds good. Sometimes this Christian thing can sound a bit dead, right? Sometimes you're going through stuff and you're like, oh, I'll just go through the motions. But the idea of God turning up in the flesh. Probably for most, Jesus sounds like something you want to be a part of. Experience no moral oh friend. I know I do. But are you going to embody the word this Christmas? Are you going to allow God to fill you with the Holy Spirit that you would embody the word this Christmas? I end nearly every sermon at Cara, the church I'm a part of, by saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. This stuff's good, right? But it's up to you. (laughs) You have a choice. Always have a choice. God's not going to force you into anything. So I'm going to invite you into three different ways that I think you could be responding. Um, But with God, the choice is always left to you. He always says, here, choose my way, live my way, but it's up to you. You can decide whether you're going to do what he's asking you or not. But God is asking you to get involved in the redeeming and the restoring of the world. The work that he started and the work he will finish. But amazingly, also the work that he's asked us to do for him right now. But it's up to you. There is always a choice. God is always giving you a choice. Three suggestions I'd make, okay? And I want you to carefully think through these, okay? First of all, Christmas compassion. I know what's going on in this church is going to really impact families. Right, I can tell you stories afterwards if you want, if you don't believe me, a family's going to be impacted. But I know that the, what the church need is for more people who are saying, I'm going to jump in and give my time. I'm going to jump in and give my money. I'm going to jump in and be involved, okay? Because you can only do as much as you have capacity to do. But we could, we could stretch capacity this morning. could be more people going, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I want to turn up want to help God turn up this Christmas in in the neighborhood. So Christmas compassion, can you be involved? The second thing is R8 youth and kids. I know it's incredible. I know there's so many kids there. I also know what it's like to run youth programs with not enough people there to help me. (laughs) Could you turn up in the life of a young person or a child, be the one that's going to tell them that God is for them, that God is on their side, that he has not forgotten them? Could you take Friday night's and it's not just an opportunity to volunteer. It's not just something to tick a box, but you're stepping into what you're called to do, to be the flesh, the hands and feet of Jesus to a young person in put it down. Could you get involved in R8 Youth and Kids? Christmas Compassion, R8 Youth and Kids. And the third one, and honestly, this is the easiest thing you're going to do. Your Christmas carol service is coming up. Can you get someone here who needs to be here? Can you get someone here who needs to be here? Even writing this was good for me because I need a bit of hope in my life. I need to know that God's for me, that God is for me, that God is waiting for me, that the divine wants to meet with me. This, okay, is the easiest invite you will have all year. 100%, okay? This is the only time of year that people ask me, can I go to church with you, right? People don't want to go to your normal service people really want to go and feel Christmassy, okay? And if that's what gets people, that's what gets bums and seats and then we surprise them with the good news of Jesus and then they encounter the Holy Spirit and then their life's changed forever, it's such an easy ask. It's such an easy ask. In your work, in your family, people are going to be talking about Christmas plans. Can this be one of your big ones? That you're going to the, the carol service? That there's two of them on? What time suits you? Half four, half six? I'll scan you a ticket. This is the easiest ask you're going to get and if you don't use it, You're waiting another year, a whole other year for an easy, easy ask. So those three things, Christmas compassion. Could you give money? Could you give time? Could you give involved? All right, youth and kids, I know it's incredible. Would you want to give some time to this? And the Christmas carol service, whose name is dropping in your heart right now? Who do you know needs this? Who do you know needs to know that God is for them this Christmas, that he's on their side? It's the easiest ask of the year. Don't waste it hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Aria Church podcast.